This episode of Teeming with Microbes is brought to you by Number Two Organics, made in partnership with Malibu Compost, Bigfoot Microbes, and Down to Earth All Natural Fertilizers. Welcome, everyone, to the Teeming with Microbes podcast, our weekly deep dive into the rich and fertile world of the soil food web and organic gardening. We're breaking down all the science and handing out expert gardening advice while busting those long-held myths about how to help your garden grow. With the man who literally wrote the books on teeming with everything important in your soil, the Lord of the Roots himself, Jeff Lowenfels, and me, Jonathan White, the caffeinated gardener. From flowers to lawns to vegetables, heck, even your mind. Let's grow it all. It finally happened. I was not in the yard this weekend with compost or last minute duties because we finally have snow. Up here in Anchorage, Alaska, we had our first significant, you know, uh, it's going to stick around for a while, uh, snowfall of the year. And it coincided with uh, changing our clocks back. So the two things that we're going to talk about today, light and being indoors because the snow has chased us in. Finally, right. even though even though it's fertilizing the lawn while we while we're talking, it's got little bits of nitrogen in there. It's got bacteria in each little flake, and and it'll it's called poor man's fertilizer. So we're going to complain about it in about ten months. Ten right months, now, complaining about right it now. right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting old. We're showing our age. That's all there is. When this happens, we. Uh, Northern yardeners and gardeners, we're ready for it. We're ready to move our activities inside and, you know, read more, uh, you know, but we all like to keep our our thumbs green, so to speak. And one of the best ways to do that is with some indoor lighting and some systems that we can continue to grow things all year round. But before we do that, I have a question for you. And I've, I've asked you this before, but I think it'd be important to kick this off. You know, even though we live in Anchorage, Alaska, um, and even though in northern climates we get less daylight throughout the winter than other parts of the country in the world, mm-hmm. sunlight is sunlight. And if you put a plant in the window in, in Anchorage, Alaska, it's not going to get, it's going to get some sunlight, but it's the direction and the strength, so to speak, of that daylight, right, that creates a different or a lack of photosynthesis. Yes, it's going to be a lack of photosynthesis when it's dark, but there'll be less photosynthesis during those long twilight hours on both sides. But but yeah, at noon, at noon here in Anchorage, Alaska, when we have sunlight, you're getting great photosynthesis. So you, the window will do some good. But let's face it, if you're like you and I, you grow plants for their benefits and, and you want flowers, you want great foliage, you want, in some instances, food. Uh, so, so if you just can't rely on the windowsill. And, and you can't rely on the windowsill in New York either, for that matter. You really need to have a supplemental set of lights, particularly if you want to grow food. Right. And it's 2023 and there's great technology all around us. And one of the things that you and I like to talk about and that you actually are going to talk about in your column this week are these little cool kitchen gadgets that have really been kind of a game changer the last eight to 10 years for folks that want to grow herbs or, or even tomatoes. You can grow small little cherry tomatoes now with these really cool little kitchen gardens that are hydroponic slash, you know, grow lights. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think everybody's familiar with the Aero Garden. It's very popular. It, it was the first first really popular one, maybe even the first one that came out. And and all of a sudden you could buy a system to grow herbs from, from your hardware store. And, and so you saw these things all over the place. They were in kitchen stores. They were in nurseries, meaning greenhouse nurseries. They were in hardware stores. And so people bought them and they were okay. They did a pretty good job, but they had their limitations. And so I stopped using mine. Uh, but now I, I, when I hop on the web and take a look at some of the new ones, and when I go to my hardware store and I see what they've done, they've made it a much better system. And I, as I mentioned in my column, if you think Steve Jobs was angry mm -hmm. about the fact that the iPhone was copied, I can only imagine what the poor Aero Garden people are thinking, because there are now more knockoffs of the Aero Garden. Each one has their own little gimmick that makes it a little different and perhaps worth looking at. Uh, but they're all basically the same. Um, they are hydroponics. That's an S on the hydroponic. It's not, it's hydroponics. Uh, they are hydroponic systems. They require uh, a, a supplemental light and they require that you add the nutrient in some, some form, either a, a solution uh, or in a little pill form. And uh, usually they have specific pods that are designed to fit into that specific system that you can either put your own seeds in if you've got the right kind, or you've got to buy theirs that already have the seeds in them. Right. And, and this is one of the little departures that we make as gardeners and gardeners. It's it's a hydroponic system. So we're not growing in healthy soil that's teeming with microbes. We're growing in water, basically. Uh, right. Water that's with right. A, a, a foods, a foods, some sort of a supplement that's feeding the roots that are just living in the water. That's right. But I've had these over the years and, and I've sort of stopped using the small ones too, because they don't create enough for the family. But mm -hmm. really the key to these cool little devices are the lights and the timers and right. the, and specifically the type the type of light where it can get really close to the plant and in some re respects needs to be really close to the plant because they don't have that high of wattage or you know they don't create a lot of heat either right right you know, a lot of them are now leds instead of just a fluorescence which gives off even you know it gives off heat um but they are hydroponic systems, and it's not something that we're normally using. You, you can there are one or two that that will actually use soil, and and later on we'll talk about the idea of perhaps maybe just making your own soil bed and then using a light on top of it. There we've already talked about it. Uh, but these hydroponic systems are they're they're meant to be clean to sit in the kitchen or on a windowsill and be very easy to operate. So the lights now are LEDs by and large, and that means you can put them right up against whatever you're growing. And that means what you're growing grows really fast. I read somewhere that when you grow basil underneath one of these systems, and if you do it properly, it grows five or six times faster than it does when you grow it outdoors in your garden. That's that's pretty amazing. Right. So let's talk about that. Why? Why does a plant and and why, why given the, the way things have evolved over the millennia, why would a plant, are we tricking the plant, the cellular um, um, construction of the plant to grow faster by the type of low, uh, light we give it? 
I don't think I don't think tricking is the right word. What we're doing is we're taking advantage of the existing system, and and the system will operate at one speed under one kind of uh, a light or light intensity, and we'll we should talk a little bit about that. You know, when you when you go out and you buy lights for your house, you want lumens and watts, so you want a seventy-five watt bulb, uh, or you want something that's got I don't know what the right lumen number is, but those are the two measurements you use for lights that you put around. But a plant doesn't care about wattage, and it doesn't care about lumens. What it cares about is that visible spectrum uh, that they call PAR. I, I can't kind of remember what PAR stands for. I got it written down here someplace. Uh, yeah, photosynthetically active radiation, PAR. It's that area in the electromagnetic wave that's called visible light. And, and it goes from blue, you got green, yellow, uh, orange, and red. Now, you and I, we can see and are impacted by the green and the, and the yellow and the orange, but that blue and red yeah. is something that the plants really require. Yeah, and, we're getting, and, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. That's our next segment, Jeff. I have my oh, whole oh, I'm, I, I can't I can't help it because I guess I know we get so excited. But, but it, to answer your question about what are we tricking the plant? No, what we're doing is we're providing the intensity that's increased over over what the intensity would be outside in the garden, and we're giving pure light with no environmental you know, degradation, there's nothing happened, you know, so it does really well. The plant performs as it's supposed to. It's not, that's not to say the one out in the garden is not performing as it's supposed to as well. Right. It's just that it, it can't make what it needs to make as quickly as the one that's indoors with that perfect light. And man, these little kitchen gardens have gotten so cool. There's so many different types. Haven't they? Can, they really that you can yeah, buy now. And it used to be the sort of holy grail to indoor growing was it was very hard to grow something that would flower and fruit like a tomato or a cucumber or yeah. something. Um, and that's gotten so much better over the years. But these little kitchen guys, you know, if you've never seen one, you can go on on the Google or on the interwebs and, and find all kinds of, um, yeah. you know, styles and that might be right for you. And it's a great way. A lot of these turn over really quickly. You can have lettuces and greens and microgreens and in weeks and over the next several months where it's cold and dark and you're not doing much outside, you can have much faster crop cycles on your kitchen yeah. counter than you would outside. Which makes you wonder why we're not doing this uh, instead of outside. But you know, the, the, some of them are so little. As one that it costs eight hundred bucks, but it's gee whiz, it must be five or six feet tall, and you can grow tomatoes in it, full size. Uh, what I like about a lot of these is that now they, since the light is adjustable, you can grow a lot of different kinds of meaning varieties of plants all at the same time, and and that's God, that's. Makes it so nice. Instead of just growing all basil, uh, you can grow your entire salad. Hey there, gardeners. Do you really know what's in the compost and soils that you buy? You don't have to second guess with number two organics. Farm-made compost that's 100% finished, topsoil with up to 17% organic matter, and a fantastic premium organic potting soil that has one-third of our compost in it. You can trust number two because it's made in partnership with Malibu Compost. Ask your local retailer to contact us at number2organics.com. 
Bigfoot Mycorrhizae is a complete microbial powerhouse that takes all the guesswork out of using beneficial fungi for your grows. It's like a soil food web in a bag packed with beneficial bacteria, kelp, humic acid, biochar, worm castings, and micronutrients. It's going to boost the flavor and size of your veggies, and it's the only mycorrhizae product to earn Jeff's coveted teaming with microbes seal of approval. You can find Bigfoot in Anchorage at Alaska Mill and Feed or nationwide through Amazon or our website, BigfootMyco.com. That's BigfootMyco.com. So besides what you're going to grow in your kitchen or on your counter or, or you know, in your home, right? really, it, you can get as crazy about this stuff as you want. You can really go overboard and have all kinds of uh, different types of spectrum and, and wattage and whatnot. Um, but if you're just starting out, you know, what do you think is the best sort of, most folks aren't going to go buy like a, an HPS bulb, something that's real expensive and, and needs, you know, a, an electrician to come in. Right. But if you're going to buy some LED grow lights, which are pretty much the standard right now, um, the key to look at is sort of the Kelvin, right? Or the spectrum that the light is giving out. Yeah. You want that R again, that, that photosynthetic area that plants need the photosynthetically active radiation. Uh, and it's, it's from 400, uh, something like that, uh, 800 on the, on the scale, whatever all these things means, who knows what I do is I go, I go, I go in and I ask the guy to help me <laughs> and they know what they're doing. Uh, right. Or you need to spend a time on the internet because th this is important stuff. Again, it, it goes back to the answer we gave before y you can put a light up and the plant will grow but it'll grow slowly, perhaps, if you don't have the right light. If you have a blue light and it's it's very heavy in terms of the blue light side of the spectrum, the plant won't flower. Uh, it won't set fruit then, so you don't get fruit. Right. Uh, if you've got too much red light, then the plant uh, it, it gets it gets uh, spindly. Uh, it, uh, you know, the blue light's responsible for the stockiness and the sturdiness of the plant. So so you really need the right mix. Yeah. And it's sort of a, a rule of thumb, you know, just like in the plant life, in our plant life, to get seeds to sprout. And in the seedling, you need a very different type of spectrum than you might to get them to, to you know, get into fruiting or, right. you know, be, be healthy when they're vegetative and then re reproductive. So, right. But from a, from a, you know, if you're going to grow, if you're just going to go greens, lettuce and herbs and, and some, you know, different green spinach that you might grow sprouts, micro sprouts, stuff like that. Sure. You can go with a basic, you know, 3000 K or, and, and again, it gets a little complicated based on the wattage and how effective the lights are, how efficient they are, but you can go with a, a pretty, you know, basic hundred watt LED light that's got, you know, and you can look on the box, like Jeff's been talking about the part between three and 5,000 Kelvin will, will get you started. And they're cheap. I mean, they're, that's the problem with them. In fact, the, the untold story is that a lot of these things end up in the landfill in two years because they're very inexpensive. Not that I want to denigrate China. They're made in China uh, and they, they're throwaways, some of them. So you want to pay attention to what you're getting. Uh, if you're just starting out, you want to see if this is something you want to do, you know, spend a little bit of money. But if you're really going to get into this, you want to, you want to really go to a professional shop and talk to somebody and get something that's going to last. It's going to provide lights that you can replace individual diodes if you need to. Uh, the big difference now is that is that you can get different visible light spectrums right. uh, out of these LEDs. It used to be it just came in 
one or two spectrums. And then you can mix a couple, uh, you know, now you can get all these incredible things. And, and so you might as well take advantage of it and get, and get the right thing. You need a timer. That's that, you know, you just can't get away from the idea that you can't leave these things on 24 hours a day. The, the, the plant needs to have a little bit of time to, to do its other stuff. So. Right. I mean, look, let's, let's be real about it. Right. The, the uh, home grow cannabis growers figured this out a long time ago, oh, right? About yeah. How yeah. great ways to grow crops in their closets and crawl spaces and and cupboards and stuff like that. Um, but it's caught up. And as a hobbyist, if you're going to be growing vegetables, even tropical plants, and and right. you know you can create your own little um, you know your own little you know, climate in your house where you can grow spectacular things, right? Yeah. And there's so many different kinds of fixtures. I mean, it's not just the LEDs, but even on the LEDs, there's, there's different kinds of LED fixtures. Some are on those, what do they call them? Gooseneck things that bend down and you can change the angle of the light. Uh, So, so there are all sorts of People are paying attention to the idea that growing indoors is, is something everybody should be doing. And, and frankly, if you live in a place where you've got a three-month growing season outdoors, you don't have any choice. So you should just bite the bullet uh, and get a good set of lights because you're going to use them uh, and you'll be working under them and they'll be good for you as well as your plants. And there's all sorts of great resources on the interwebs again about yeah. how to figure out your gross, you know, your space divide by your wattage and the spectrum. There's right. all kinds of cool things, but um, uh, you know, we're big advocates of this whole podcast is about what's happening beneath the, the plants in their roots. Right. And so let's talk right. about that. If you've got a plant, we were just talking a minute ago about how you can kind of increase the speed based on the right. light that you're giving it. What's going on then underneath the okay, soil? Well, are these plants yeah. much more active in the, in the root zone and are they creating a lot more activity because they're growing so quickly and do they need more um, activity, more, more microbial activity when you're making them go faster with lights? Well, first of all, they're growing in hydroponic systems. And so that means they've got a different kind of soil food web system than we would use outdoors or in our houseplants for that matter. Uh, you know, I, we talked last week about the houseplants having less diversity in the soil food web. Well, in the hydroponics systems, you've sterilized everything. Uh, you get very few bacteria initially. Uh, what you get are the bacteria that are on the plant that are added to the solution. Uh, and, and, and some of these bacteria will live in that solution and some of these bacteria and fungi won't live in this solution. So you've got a very reduced soil food web. But we, we also tend to forget that in hydroponic systems, there's a substrate as well. Uh, you got to have something to hold the plant up. Uh, so the roots grow into the rock system, you know, pebbles or the very popular thing is is uh, uh, rock wool, and so the, the the roots are growing in. Then you put the nutrients in, and those nutrients are in a solution that's got the right pH, so that it's plant usable for the most part. But you've got a plant, and that plant still is producing because it's still photosynthesizing exudate, and those exudates are still dripping out of the roots. Pretty interesting. What happens to those exudates? Well, if they're in rock wool, you know, they may there may be enough of a microbiome in there, you know, so those exudates attract 
things that are in that little Rockwell microbiome, more likely the, the exudates get diluted and flushed out throughout the entire system. So you've got these exudates, which are designed to attract bacteria and fungi that are floating around in that system, maybe attracting bacteria and fungi. It's a whole, it's a whole different system. Very, very interesting. Uh, and, and something that people are just, they've been studying it the past 20 years or so, and they're beginning to figure out what's going on. Razophagy, which we, we've talked about before, this idea that some bacteria move inside the, the plant and produce nitrogen from inside the plant. Is that happening in a hydroponic system? Who knows? Nobody's looked at it yet. So, so this is all interesting stuff, but you definitely have a soil food web and you definitely have nutrients going into the, into the plant as you would in soil, but you've also got these extra nutrients. The roots are bathed in nutrients. So it gets whatever it needs if you've got the right mixture. And, and that adds to the growth and the ability of the plant to use that sunlight or the, or the LED or whatever the light happens to be and, and produce all of the things that the plant is. So you've got great light and great nutrients. Oh my God, you're going to get great growth. So if we move out of the hydroponics and into soil and, right. and I'll just speak from experience, I've got a little basement um, garden, I grow in soil. I've been using the same soil for years. So I've got really healthy soil, uh, you know, good compost, rich, teeming with microbes. But right. if we're just starting out, if if we're just starting out and we've got, uh, we don't want to buy sterile soil, but are there different needs to a soil structure of a plant that's going to grow really quickly under lights and be completely spoiled, right? Without rain. And by the way, another, yeah. another key thing in all this is a good fan to keep the air circulating wherever you're growing. Good idea. Yeah. Your, your good plants. idea. But, you know, the, these plants are going to be spoiled. They're going to be living a great life, right? They're going to be in yeah. I, basically ideal c conditions which help them grow. So if a plant is growing much faster than they might uh, indoors than they might outdoors, mm -hmm. what else do we need? Do we need anything special in the soil or can we, can we go ab about it just like we would if we were planting outside in the summer? Well, it depends on how you go about it outside in the summer, well, of right. course. If we're following yeah. our, our, our standard of soil yeah. food web. Well, yeah, because you, your plants are, if you're growing them in soil, uh, my goodness gracious, they're, they're just taking up nutrients like crazy if you've got really good light. Uh, and so you got to make sure that the nutrients are still in that soil. You got to have organics. You got to have compost. Uh, you got to make sure that the microbes are, are, are living well uh, so that those soil, soil food web plants can grow as well as the hydroponics, hydroponics food web plants can. So it's not going to be that the plants are going to struggle because they need more nutrients than they would when they're outside if you have good soil. But you might have to pay a little bit more attention to watering and because they could dry out, you know, a little bit, a little faster than they might if they were outside. They're not going to be rainwater. You have to be, you know, but is this a good situation where a good compost uh, tea or compost liquid or extract uh, uh, extract would really be ben more beneficial to something inside if you're starting from scratch you've got to pay attention to the nutrients all the time obviously but in the indoor situation good lights just pay attention because those plants are growing fast and we're not we're not used to the idea that a plant can grow faster indoors than outdoors down to earth all natural fertilizers has been a partner of organic gardeners for more than 40 years 
with a full range of OMRI-listed and organic-approved products featuring a wide variety of premium organic blends and a diverse selection of single-ingredient inputs. Down to Earth is dedicated to using the highest quality natural ingredients available, including marine proteins, natural minerals, and biological soil additives. Down to Earth all-natural fertilizers can be found nationwide in independent home and garden centers, so you should ask your retailer for Down to Earth products. Look for that compostable box or find us at downtoearthfertilizer.com. As always, Jeff, we have a place where listener can go and ask questions. We had some questions about lights we'll get to in a minute, but we can we can uh, read those questions uh, at a very fancy and easy to remember website or email, right? Where you people can send us questions. Right. It's teaminwithmicrobesatme.com and the teaming is T-E-A-M, teaminwithmicrobesatme.com. I wonder if there's somebody out there that has the email that's spelled the other way with teaming and they're getting all our questions. Probably you not. Know, that's I a, think they, they would. I might, I might just, after the show, I might just write that person and see. One of the questions that, um, that I got kind of offline in passing, I ran into a friend of mine at one of our cafes. Great question about lighting and winter growing. What's the perfect or is there the perfect time is it 20 hours of light and four hours of dark? What's a great, you know, what's a good rule of thumb for how much light you can give plants inside? Well, it depends on the plant, obviously. Uh, maybe it's not obvious. Uh, some plants literally can take 24 hours. So there's a, a particular kind of cannabis, ruderalis. Uh, they call them auto flowering cannabis. They can they can take 24 hours of, of sunlight and, and still produce a flower. That's unusual for a plant. Most plants need a little bit of darkness uh, so that they can do different things cellularly. Um, there are different cycles. Uh, I would say the best, and again, it depends on whether, whether you're talking about a short day plant or a long day plant, but let's just talk about a vegetable garden type plant or a tomato plant. Uh, I, I, would go, I would go 13, 14 hours of sunlight. I think that'd be perfect. Can, um, can you think, overdo it? Can you, if you did go with 20 hours, what are some of the stresses that, that I mean, the plant, what, what are some of the things that can happen with a plant that's getting way too much indoor light? Yeah. Well, again, it depends on, oddly enough, the spectrum. If it's getting too much red light, it's going to stretch like crazy. I mean, really stretch out uh, to the point where maybe it, 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 it'll buckle over and, and crinkle and cut off its, its, uh, water system, so to speak. Uh, if it's under too much blue light, uh, you know, it just gets stocky and thick, uh, very dense plant, but you don't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't form morpho morphologically the way the plant's supposed to look. Um, so it depends on the kind of light, for one thing, and then it depends on the nutrients in your soil. So all these things come together. If you're giving a plant 20 hours of light, you've given it great nutrients, it's going to do so much better than a plant that gets 20 hours of light with, you know, just ordinary nutrients. Because what that photosynthesis does is it causes the plant to make things that the plant needs in order to grow. One of the questions that we got that relates to that was from a Garth Wunsch in Lively, Ontario. And forgive me, Garth, it, it phonetically looks like Wunsch. Um, but, uh, you know, Garth says he's got several 5,000 and 6,500 K LED lights. Um, Kelvin is the K and he's got some fancy, you know, far red diodes in there too. 
But one of the things that's different about where we live is we're going to start growing things if you haven't already. And that, that plant is going to go through its entire life cycle, right? In our kitchens or in our basements because of where we live. Right. But if you live in a place where maybe you're using those lights early in the winter um, for starting or here in our, in our spring for starting veggies that you're then going to put outside, mm-hmm. that's a very different approach than it would be for growing something from you know, from, from seedling to, to death of the plant. Yeah. 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 And it can get pretty complicated because the light changes when you take the plant outdoors, et cetera. Uh, you know, you may be starting a plant, you have broccoli, for example, you might be starting indoors on, uh, on less than perfect time or, or more than light than it needs. Then you're putting it outside and it's got what it's got, you know, so plant can get a little confused about what's going on. It's a point that you've made to me for years and years and years. People will always you know, claim that the reason why we can grow such big vegetables and have such great summer gardens up here is because the amount of, of daylight that we get, which is partially true, but really it's the soil. It's really about what's going on in the soil. It is the soil. And, and, and uh, is the same thing goes with the pumpkins. Um, and my goodness gracious, the, the pumpkins have gotten so big, but it's, it's, it's what, what goes into the soil. Soil. It's mycorrhizal fungi. Uh, it's the right bacteria, uh, and and it's it it's generates the right soil food web so that these things become available. Uh, I saw an interesting term, and I think it may actually come from Elaine Ingham. And I hate to put words in her mouth. So we talk about the soil food web and the original soil food web before there was mycorrhizal fungi and before there was rhizophagy. You know, we call it the soil mediated. There's some crazy name. The name somebody gave it was the poop loop because it's, you know, the bacteria getting eaten and pooping out the nutrients the way they want it. Uh, so the poop loop. Um, and and uh, I don't know how I got into that. But family show, was, family was, show. Keep it clean. It, yeah, I, should, I will keep it clean. So let me just uh, for, for a quick, and I don't know if we answered the question. Uh, I mean, it looked to me like those lights had everything that w- would be needed. But again, the, the difference between blue light, blue lights for growth of leaves and stalks and red light, uh, you know, cause them to stretch, but it also causes the, the morphology to change so that the plant triggers uh, flowering. And, and, and uh, that's, that's great when you want flowering. Um, there is a, a, a light that I like. Sometimes people come to me and they say, if you could buy any light in the world that you want, that you could, would it be HID, meaning those kind of like the street light lights, uh, would they be LEDs? Would they be uh, uh, fluorescents? And and there wouldn't be any of them. There's a there's a special kind of light, and you can find it by going uh, by by googling uh, Azentive, A Z E N T I V E, and and what they sell is a plasma light, a plasma light. Now what what's a, what is that? So when you go up to your television set and you and you touch it, you know how you get that little sort of spark and you can move your finger along that that's a there's plasma that's the plasma screen and and the plasma light uh, that these people make duplicates the spectrum of the sun it's unbelievable right they call uh, it so, biomimicry if i remember correctly yeah biomimicry and it duplicates the light of the sun and you can uh, they're, they're the most incredible thing. I've, I, I've never seen anything quite like it. They, the bulb itself is nothing more than a metal, round metal cage. And there's a little crystal on the inside of it. And when it lights up, this little teeny bulb, step 
back. The entire <laughs> room lights up. Uh, so that where you might need, uh, you know, 10 or 15 LED lights, meaning two-foot squares or four-foot squares, it, one of these lights would cover the entire room and give you the exact, basically the exact same spectrum as the sunlight. That, that's my goal. Someday. We should try to get these guys on the podcast. But if I remember, we talked about this this summer. They don't sell a commercial. They don't sell something for your home yet, right? These are really big yeah, these are, commercial these are for, lights. Yeah, commercial lights. You you use them for growing food indoors, uh, for, for, you know, greenhouse my size. Uh, you'd use them for cannabis, you know, in, in a cannabis grow situation. Um, and I think they're beginning to creep into, into the home situation. They're they're. They, they as soon as they make one, they they get sold, so they're kind of hard to get your hands on. Uh, but they are really plasma lights are pr pretty incredible. There are other people who make plasma lights as well. Uh, this is the one I'm familiar with, and it's really unbelievable. And again, it weighs the whole thing. Being able to duplicate the sun, the whole thing, it weighs about three pounds, four wow. pounds. The entire setup, it's just unbelievable. Very neat. Uh, so people should go look 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 for that. That's kind of fun stuff when you're got a little bit of free time. Go to take a look at plasma lights uh, to see how they compare to your uh, uh, basic LED lights. Well, and one of the benefits before we wrap up here, one of the benefits of that type of light, if I remember um, from reading about them earlier, mm -hmm. and one of the great benefits of growing indoors with your with your you know with lights is the 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 benefit it can give you emotionally or to your to your body right, right? because yeah. you live in a place like anchorage alaska we get a lot of dark a lot of a lot of you know long winter nights or days rather and right. hey, obviously the the sad light seasonal affective disorder lights have been around a long long time but that's an added benefit of growing uh indoor with lights is that the spectrum of many of these lights are proven to um, give you the sort of give your body the sort of input it needs that that it helps with things like that. Yeah, and it's awfully nice. I re I remember once being up at uh, uh, Conoco's facility up on the North Slope uh, at Milne Point, and and it's dark up there six months a year, as you know. Yeah. But when you sit there at at uh, you get up in the morning at six o'clock to go get breakfast, it's dark. And then all slowly the building lights up and gets brighter where there should be windows. They have these fake. Things. And, and so the same thing happens when you have your, your own kitchen lights, uh, they go on, uh, ah, the sun's up and you've got, you've got, you know, something, something you look forward to every morning for those lights to go on. And when they go out, you know, it's time to go to bed. All right. Well, that's so, what I'm going to go do. I'm done shoveling for the day. Before we get more snow, I think I'm going to work in my little uh, my little garden. Get some good, get some vitamin D, some uh, some fake vitamin D if I can. Sounds good to me. I tell you what, uh, we are in the season now where we better be paying a lot of attention to our indoor plants because they're going to save us in the long run. Hey, thanks for listening to this edition of Teeming with Microbes. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing this gardening season. Jeff and I wrote this episode with additional production and editing by Evan Phillips of Podpeak. You can find him at podpeak.com. Our music is also by Evan Phillips. Thanks, as always, to the Anchorage Daily News for hosting our show. And don't forget to catch Jeff's weekly gardening column in each Friday's edition. We'll be back next week with another edition of Teeming with Microbes. 
Until then, get out there, get your hands dirty, and get growing.